good to be back and see all of you. I'd like to request everyone to, to stand as we read God's Word this afternoon. Missed all of you. I was gone the last two weeks. But there's nothing like worshiping God together and hearing His Word. We're going to read from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord for us this afternoon. And let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that... Many years after, despite all the struggle uh, to keep your word away from the general public, we have access to your word. We can read it, we can meditate on it, and we can hear it preached. Lord, we thank you for that privilege that we have this afternoon. We worship you by listening to the preaching of your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to each one of us how you want us to respond to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. Well, every time we gather together, there will be the preaching of the word, so I would encourage you to bring your Bible. Um, Although we have it flashed on the screen, there is nothing like bringing your own Bible and reading from your own copy of the Bible. I have a question. I have a question that some of you might have asked or thinking, and it's this. Why do we give and send to nations when our, when our own country needs all the help it can have? Have you ever asked that? I remember um, more than 10 years ago, I had a conversation with uh, some friends high school friends, and we had a conversation. Somebody was asking me that. And uh, she was saying, why do we give to other countries? And she was saying, Pinky, I'm I'm having a hard time with that. Uh, Why do we give to other countries? There are a lot of needs here. I don't want to pull out my money and give to other nations. Who among you that actually crossed your mind? Some, Some of you, that probably crossed your mind. Or some of you, it's probably something you still... Ask yourself, uh, because if you've been uh, with Victory for a while, you'd know that every first Sunday of the month, we talk about missions. We talk about sending people. We talk about um, 
sending money to other nations to preach the gospel. And then twice a year we have a, twice a year we have a mission series. And this is the beginning of that series. You're probably asking that. Why do we give to other nations when there are a lot of needs in our own country? Do you ever ask that? Do you struggle with it? Do you squirm in your seat every time it is Mission Sunday and there's an offering? Ayaw mo na lang tignan yung ano, yung, yung nag-exhort for the offering. Ayaw mo tumingin pag Mission Sunday. You know, we will have a greater understanding of God's providential scattering and our, why do we do it? Why do we give to nations? Hopefully in the next two weeks, we will have a greater understanding of God's plan, why we do what we do. The series we're starting uh, today, it's going to be today and next week, it's called Dead Ends and Doorways. Dead Ends to Doorways, rather. How God opens doorways where there are dead ends. And hopefully, uh, we will have a greater understanding of the sovereignty of God in sending people and in scattering people. So this week, we're going to talk about God sending people. And next week, we're going to talk about God scattering people. But the one thing that will hold both, both things together is the fact that God is sovereign over sending people and over scattering people. Hey, iba sa'yo nagtatanong, Pastor, anong ibig mo sabihin scattering? Next week pa. Next week pa po yun. Hey, iba sa'yo, Pastor, gusto kong maintindihan yun. Ayoko nung sending. Dito lang ako. Okay lang, just listen. Some of you will go. Hopefully, all will give. But I trust that all will pray. But some of you will go. And I hope when you hear that word from God telling you to go, even if it's just for a 10-day mission trip or a longer mission trip, I hope you do. I hope you don't say no. When God sends you, you go. So you don't get scattered. So you don't get ekbalod. Yun yung term non. Alright? So why do we give to nations when we have, when our country needs all the help it can have? We're gonna go to God's word and we will glean answers from the word of God. Hindi po tayo mag-iimbento. Titignan lang natin. And with the text that we read, there are three things. Um that bring to light our heart for the nations. With the text we read, three things. Three things about the nations. There's the message, the means, and the mandate. Three things we're going to look at and we're going to see from the text. There are other things we can learn from it. That's how deep one uh, passage of scripture is, but three things we're going to focus on this afternoon. There's the message, the means, and the mandate. In verses 1 to 3, this was Dr. Luke talking to uh, Theophilus. This uh, Theophilus is said to be a, a high-ranking, um, a high-ranking man, someone honorable, someone dignified, someone with authority, and he was talking about. He was referring to a first book. Acts is actually uh, like the second book written by Dr. Luke. So in verses one to three, Luke was referring to that. And he said, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. So he was giving reference. Basically, he was going back. He was reminding Theophilus that in the first book, I, 
I talked about Jesus. I talked about Jesus all the way to him rising from the dead and seeing the disciples. That's what he was saying. He was reminding Theophilus because the first book, uh, the book of Luke, the gospel account of Luke, or the account of the life of Jesus by Dr. Luke, is actually a research, a well-researched uh, narrative of the life of Jesus. Dr. Pussy Luke. Eh. So he really did it. Ano siya? Ni-research niya, lahat yung mga interviews, he did all that. So, he was reminding Theophilus of that. It's like he was uh, asked to make that research, to do that research, to conduct that research on the life of Jesus. And the ending of that is a gospel account that proves who Je- that Jesus came, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died and rose again. Okay? So that's the that's, um, background there. He was writing a historical account. Now, the highlight of all that he said in the first three verses is the fact that Jesus rose again. You, you elbow your seatmate softly and say, Jesus rose again. Now, why is that important? The most important message that we have to give people is the fact that Jesus died for our sins and he rose again. Why is that important? Pwede namang namatay lang naman si Jesus, di ba? Why is it important that he rose from the dead? We have to understand Jesus rising from the dead proves to us that this thing works. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, totoo ba that he rose from the dead? Is it really true? Now, there is the minimal... The minimal facts theory, and I want us to understand this. The minimal facts theory, these are five things about the res- five historical things about the resurrection of Jesus that even skeptics cannot deny. There are a lot of things that scholars, that skeptics argue about, but five things, these minimal facts theory are five things about the resurrection of Jesus that even skeptics couldn't deny. So, whatever uh, parang um, contradictions they may say about the gospel accounts, whatever contradictions they feel there is there, when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, there is no contradiction. There are five minimal facts that even skeptics, pag sinabi pong skeptics, those who do not believe, in Jesus. Scholars who do not believe in Jesus hold on to and cannot deny. Okay? Now, the message of the resurrection never gets old. Some of you, you may have grown up with a religious background, but I want us to understand this never gets old. This is the bedrock upon which all of our faith rests. Without Jesus rising from the dead, all of this is for nothing. All of this is for nothing. There may be things you could question, but the one thing that we can't question is the resurrection of Jesus. You know, the firm belief in the gospel of Jesus is what causes people to give their lives. This message is what causes people 
to give their lives to the advancement of God's kingdom. The belief that Jesus died and rose again. This is the one thing that could change, that changes the only thing, only the power of God through the finished work of Jesus on the cross can change your life. It's the only thing that can change my life. You can work as hard as you can, but you cannot change your life. Only God can. And once your life has been changed by the power of the gospel, you'll, there's no going back. There's no turning back. And, you know, I want to, we're talking about nations now. I want to show you a photo, um, a couple of photos of, in Panama, uh, this one, <laughs> yes. Parang hindi pa naman yung isa. Hindi mo kang la, hindi mo kang Spanish, no? This one is in Panama. That's Pastor Rico. Pastor Rico, for some of you who may have just joined us in the last couple of years, Pastor Rico was our former senior pastor. He moved his wife and three young kids, three girls, to another nation. He left a steady, a steady support system here to preach the gospel halfway across the globe so that the name of Jesus may be known so that others who do not know Jesus will come to know him. What, what causes someone to do that? He moves to another country to raise his own support. He's leaving behind a salary job so he he will raise his own support to preach the gospel. Why do that? Is it just for fun? No. Because once your life has been taken by the message of the gospel, once your life has been apprehended by God that way, there is no turning back. That is what causes people like Pastor Rico and other missionaries I'm going to introduce to you to move halfway across the globe so that they can preach the gospel. And some of you are saying, pwede naman mag-preach dito. Pwede naman po. And dapat pinag-preach rin tayo dito. Dapat yung buhay natin dito is also marked by a declaration of the gospel, a proclamation of the gospel. But you see, God has called us to be a blessing to the nations. The trajectory of the church from the very start has always been outward. It was never just to come to church. It was never just to invite people to church. It was always been to go out and reach the lost. And that going out extends to the nations. And that message, that message of the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins is what causes people like Pastor Rico and the rest of his family to move halfway across the globe for the Great Commission. We have, he understood, we have the single most important message that the rest of the world needs. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that message Yes, it's important, the rest of the world needs it, but that message is also the message that could change your life. Not your good works, 
not the things that you do, but only the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, talked about, talked about the message, the most important message, the message of the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus. Second thing we see here is the means. It's the means. In verses 4 and 5, it says, While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Yes, there is a message. We proclaim the message with the promise of God the Father that he will baptize us with the Spirit's power. But you see, there is a means. We could be the messengers, but there is a means to do that, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. We have anyone who goes out to preach the gospel is promised the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at your seatmate and said, there's a promise that comes with a message. You don't have to do it on your own. Some of you are wondering, Pastor, I just like coming to church. I don't want, you know, I, I get scared when I have to share my faith to others. And you know, it's, um, it's valid, it gets scary. But I want you to remember this. I want you to be assured of this, that Jesus promised the power of the Holy Spirit, that there is the means to do it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't do it on our own. It's not really about us. And, you know, when we think it's about us, when we think it's about our ability to speak, when we think it's about, um, and I remember I was talking to someone a few years ago, and he was telling me, hindi ko nga maano, hindi ko nga maintindihan yung sarili kong ano, yung sarili kong, yung sarili kong pagsasalita, paano ko pa ipipreach sa iba? <laughs> hindi ko nga maayos yung sarili kong thoughts. Eh. Amin, parang pinky, paano pa ako magpipreach sa iba? Yung sarili ko, hindi ko maayos, di ba? Yung subject predicate, subject verb agreement, o oh, malina, di ba? Subject verb agreement ko, hindi, hindi magtugma-tugma. And he was, you know, I was talking to someone, a friend of mine years ago, I was um, reaching out to this person and he said, I don't know how to do it. I can't, you know, this was not my strength. I don't know how to share to others. You see, it's not about our own strength. It's really about the power of God, and we are just the messengers. The means to do it is by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. And you know, I'm reminded, um, earlier, the photo that appeared, it's a photo of, he's my classmate in seminary. He heads our church in Uganda. His name is Ronnie. I call him Ronnie, but in Uganda, he's, he's not Pastor Ronnie. He's called Papa Ronnie. <laughs> I was telling him, you don't want to be called Papa Ronnie in the Philippines. But he, but he is Papa Ronnie. That was us when, uh, in one of our intensives. I want to show a couple of photos. One is a group photo. Uh, there's Ronnie. I covered the face. This, this, this lady is one of our missionaries. Um, she's going around Africa preaching the gospel. I have to, I have to cover um, her face because she enters different countries, so for her own protection. Now, the other photo, the next photo, I want to give you a story. And uh, she said the first time they visited the University of McCreer. McCreer, I think that's how you pronounce it. You you spell it makerere. 
Spirit Makirere, but it's May Career, University of May Career. And they were ministering to some freshmen. And this was just a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, I remember, because when, when I went to the South African embassy, they said, oh, one of your, uh, one of your uh, churchmates applied for a visa a few months ago, and she had just moved to Africa. And they went to this uh, university, reaching out to freshmen. They were inviting freshmen. And these are people who do not know Jesus, people who do not. Um, it's different for us. We need to understand because for us, we all grew up, most of us at least, grew up with a sense of knowing who Jesus is. Diba? Sa Pilipinas, kilala natin. We are a, um, a so-called Christian nation, so we are, we are exposed to Christianity. In other countries, it's not the same. So when you go there, you start from scratch. Now, those two ladies, when they reached out to them the first time, they were really, yung label nga nila, mean girls. Uh, after that um, movie from years ago, not, was that the 90s? Kasi yung mean girls. Sino may, may alam nyo pa ba yung mean girls? Uh, alam nyo yung mean girls. I was a mean girl until Jesus changed me. So anyway, kung ba sinabi yan? So, no, anyway, balik tayo, balik tayo dito sa missionary natin. Let's go back. Now, those two girls, the first time they met them, they were really mean. They were not, they were not very friendly. In fact, to the point that the one who was with her, who is a local, did not want to talk to them anymore, did not want to invite them anymore. Because they were going to have a gathering. So they invited, they invited, you know, she, of course, you know, when you're a missionary and you're not from that country, most of the time, you just don't care. Sige na lang, nandito na, baka pauwiin tayo, dibigay mo na lahat, di ba? Itodo na natin. So, that, that's where she was coming from. So, she invited them. You know, lo and behold, they actually attended their, they call it a freshman night or a freshies night. They actually attended and brought two other friends. You know, everything about them, how they were responding was against everything that our missionary and the team of Papa Roni stood for. They were against it. They were, you know, they were mocking them. But they ended up showing up. Out of the four, two of them attended again. They were just attending. They would just come back, um, still, you know, um, just with their arms crossed like that and probably checking them out. But you know, on the third, I think third or fourth meeting, they shared the gospel. Because uh, in a victory group setting, it's not a victory, it's a small group setting, they wouldn't all share the gospel right away. It was a few meetings, and on the third or fourth time, they shared about the gospel. They shared about Jesus dying for the forgiveness of our sins. You know, these two girls, the mean girls, they had a life-changing experience on that fourth meeting. They gave their lives to Jesus. The girls who were just standing and just mocking them, that's why they were even labeled mean girls. They gave their lives to Jesus. Was it because they spoke so well? I don't think so. In fact, the one who was with her was so scared that she didn't want to invite them. She did not even want to invite them anymore. Ayaw na niya imbitahin, natatakot na nga siya But they just did it. They just shared the gospel. They gave their lives to Jesus. 
So now they're together. They hang out with them. Imagine being with the mean girls. In dating mean girls sa eskwelahan, barkada mo na ngayon. <laughs> diba? Jesus followers na. Sila na yung pinagtatawanan ng iba. But, but what I'm saying, there are things people do for the gospel and it's really the effects, the success of it is, does not hinge on our own abilities. Ultimately, it hinges on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have to see that. When God gave us the message, when God gave us the mission, He also gave us the power to be able to move forward with it. Hindi po tayo mag-isa. When we send out missionaries, they're not on their own. I mean, the Holy Spirit is always with them. The Holy Spirit is the one who can change mean girls to Jesus' followers. The Holy Spirit is the one who can change hard hearts to tender hearts for God. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. You cannot do that. Some of you, you've been trying to do that. Siguro sa asawa nyo, hirap na hirap kayo. Magpag-pray nyo po. Pag-pray nyo po. Hindi po kayo makakabago sa asawa nyo. Kahit kulit-kulitin yung araw-araw. Si Jesus lang po. Only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit can change a person's life. Okay? Parang iba sa inyo, ginanan yung asawa nyo. Huwag kang makulit. Huwag naman po. Okay lang. But I need you to understand, only the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit can change a person's life. And that's what we have with the message that God has given us. We have the most important message and now we know that we have the means to be able to proclaim that message through the power of the Holy Spirit. He did not, God did not just give us a message to proclaim, but He gave us the means, the power to declare that message. Now what do we need to understand having both the message and the means to do it? That there is a mandate. And I want to read again verses 6 to 8 of Acts 1, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, all the Jews wanted to know was, kailan ba tayo? Kailan ba magiging atin ulit yung kingdom? When will we, um, you know, rule again over the whole world? They had that vision of just ruling over the whole world. So they were asking Jesus, will you now take over? Is this the time? And this is what Jesus said. It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I think we're in verse 7. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses, and this, it's verse 8 now, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Jews wanted to know, Lord, when will this kingdom, when will this kingdom, you know, when will this take effect? When will we see your kingdom reign here on earth? When is it going to happen? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know these things. But what you need to know is that you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. It doesn't stop with just receiving the power. There's a message. We get the means, the power to proclaim that message, but the mandate is to be a witness. The mandate is to be a witness. Witness to the nations. 
Hindi lang to be a witness, a witness to the nations. Sabihin mo sa katabi mo, witness to the nations. You know what, what Jesus said? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Kasi dati, you know, when I was reading that, sa isip ko, sa Israel lang lahat yun. You know, babasa akong Bible, hindi ko nire-research, eh, hindi ko tinutingnan yung map, magbabasa lang ako. So in my mind, ah, okay, that's all in Israel. But I forget that phrase that says, to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth. So the call to be a witness is not just for them, for those Jews who were living in Jerusalem, it was not just for them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, but to Judea, to Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The call to witness is to the whole world. The call to witness is to the nations. We can localize the message. We can localize the message and say, reach out to your neighbor. And there's nothing wrong with that. We can localize it, but we have to understand the original context when that mandate was given was always to reach the nations. It was always to reach the nations. And I don't want us to miss this because this is the word of God. This is the mandate of God. The trajectory of the gospel and the church has always been outward. Outward. The gospel, the church has always been mandated to go out. And yung iba sa inyo, Pastor, anong ibig sabihin, hindi na ako mag-i-invite sa church? Hindi, mag-invite pa rin naman po kayo sa church. Mag-invite kayo sa church, dumating rin kayo nung maaga, hindi late, attendan nyo yung buong service, that's good. But we need to understand that trajectory has always been outward. We are not just to enjoy church here, we are to go out and take that message outside. That is the trajectory of the gospel and the church has always been to move outward. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, outward. Palabas. Parang giving, di ba? Dapat mabilis tayong bumunot, nagbibigay tayo, palabas. That is the message of the gospel. Outward. We reach out to others, we reach out to the nations. And you know, I mean, I want to pray. And this after, I told you, I'm going to introduce you to different missionaries. Yung iba nga lang, nasa restricted nations. I couldn't show you the photo. But the mandate is witness to the nations. The mandate is to be a witness to the nations. And this afternoon, even as um, in the middle of this preaching, I want to call Pastor Jeff and Jai Priscillas. We're going to pray for them and send them out. They're leaving. Uh, they're leaving this week. There are missionaries to South Korea now. They started out in Macau. And they're, they were part of the... They, we, we prayed for them yesterday at the service. I want to pray for them. We were together in the youth ministry. Of course, older po ako. Nagtatrabaho na ako noon, volunteer ako. But they were students. They got saved here in this congregation. So it's a, an honor and a blessing to be able to pray for them. This is what we mean when we say... The mandate is to, to, to be a blessing to the nations, to proclaim the word to the nations. That is what they're doing. Madalina, they were already in Macau, they were established. 
but they felt God was calling them to another part of Korea. Not a very easy place to minister to. They have to learn the language, but they're going because that is the mandate. And I want, I want, I want us to stretch our hands to them as a sign of blessing, and we're going to pray for them. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Jeff and Jai. We thank you, Lord God, for their commitment to the mission, for their commitment to your mission and their involvement in the mission of God. And Lord, we pray that even as they have uprooted themselves years ago to reach nations for you, I pray for your blessing to be upon them. Pray for a hedge of protection to be upon them. I pray for your provision that in every way, you will be the one to take care of them. And even as we have heard earlier, that your sovereignty and your providence is something we can hold on to whatever we face in life. I pray for that for them, Lord, that they would be assured of your providential and sovereign hand over their lives. And Lord, we pray that you would take care of their family who's left behind here. And they will also have peace in knowing that Jeff and Jai are doing what you have called them to do. Lord, bless them. Bless them with a blessing that only you can give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. You know, the world is God's mission field. It is our mission field. Yes, your family, your friends, they're your mission field. But we need to understand the original mandate of God has always been for his children, his people, to be a blessing to the nations. From the calling of Abraham in Genesis, it has always been that you and your household and your descendants will be a blessing to the nations. That is our mandate. That is our mandate. If we are followers of Jesus, the mandate is to be a blessing to the nations. And I just want to, you know, as we end, I want to give us an opportunity to participate in this. I just want to show us a co couple of slides. I want you to see, if you would picture the world with the current population of the world, 8 billion individuals, 2.6 billion are Christians, 2.4 billion non-Christians within reach. These are people who have not heard of the gospel, but they're within reach, but 3 billion are non-Christians and unreached. These are some of the nations that some of our missionaries go to. Now, if you look at it, I'd say if the world was made up, if this, the world of 8 billion people, if it was made up of 10 people, I want you to see this. One out of 10, one will be a true Christian, Number two, two, one will be a true Christian, follower of Jesus, follower of our triune God. Two will be nominal Christians. Christian in name, kasi lumaki silang ganon. There will be three non-Christians, but within reach. Probably there are some in the Philippines, they are within reach, they're here. But four out of ten will be non-Christians and unreached. The things we take for granted, a lot of people in other parts of the world 
have no access to. They don't even know the name of Jesus. They haven't heard of the name Jesus. And I just want to show you another slide that shows where we are as every nation, as victory in the Philippines. We have 196 cross-cultural missionaries serving in 35 nations. Kasama dyan sa 196, si Pastor Jeff and Jai. They're part of that. So we have others serving. Uh, we're not able to give you the other names. Some came from Victory Ortigas, others uh, from different Victory churches all over the Philippines. 35 nations. Um, as every nation all over the world, we are in 80 countries. But ilang nations, ilang countries, meron lahat 195. So imagine over 100 that we have yet to reach as a movement. But at least think of the 10. Four people, four people out of 10 are considered unreached with the gospel. Some of them will die without even hearing the name Jesus. And that's why we go to the nations. That's why we do what we do. It is our divine calling to take part in reaching the nations for God. We pray, we give, we go. And this afternoon, we're going to have that opportunity. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to do that. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to partake and see dead ends to doorways.